Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Read My Lips Radio. So happy to be here. I've got a powerhouse panel of very interesting people to introduce to you today. I'm calling this show Creatively Creative Alpha and Recovering Alpha Females. And that recovering is in honor of one of my guests, Lindy Lewis. So this is a show where I talk to interesting people about their creativity, their approaches to life, what's different, what's unique about them, what sparks their passion for living, what do they do differently than most of us. And the only goal is to entertain you, to amuse you, maybe inspire you, maybe educate you, maybe teach you something. And maybe you could say, I want to be like him or I want to be like her a little more. Maybe make some changes. It's not a specific goal, but it's something that might happen. So I'm happy to be here. I am AK Radio Red. I have other names, but I'm Red on the show. And if you're watching us on Facebook, ladies on my panel, say hello to Facebook. Hi, Facebook. There you go. And also we have a major hello. We have to say hello to LLL. I'm going to count to three and we'll do hello. One, two, three. Hello, LLL. That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And she's in Whitestone, New York, and it doesn't start with L. So we are taking up a fake GoFundMe to send her to live in London. I offered Larchmont, and she said that wasn't sexy enough. So we're trying to get lovely, lanky Laura Legs to go to London. No, we'll leave that one alone. LLL, we're thinking of you. So let me tell you just briefly why I'm calling this creatively creative females. And we'll, we'll play with that alpha word in a few minutes. I have met these three ladies on the National Publicity Summit, which has been virtual since COVID took over. I used to be at the New York Summit in person, moved to Durham three years ago. Not a big flyer, not a big traveler. So I'm happy that it's virtual. It's just fine with me. And these three ladies were on one of the recent summits, and I was so taken with their creativity, their personalities, their passion for life, their commitment to whatever. Oh, Mitzi's all excited. She's (laughs) moving back and forth there. Yes, yes. We're going to get to you in a second, Mitzi. Thank you. So I have them all on gallery view with me right now. But when I ask them to introduce themselves, we'll put them on speaker view so you get to see them full screen. But let me just tell you a little bit. Missy Purdue happens to be, but I don't think this is her only calling card, the widow of Frank Purdue. She's the author of Tough Man, Tender Chicken Business and Life Lessons from Frank. That's Purdue Chicken. You all know that. But Mitzi goes way beyond that. She was She's a former rice grower. Look at her. Don't you see rice grower? I, I can't see yeah. it at all. She's a past president of the 40,000 member American Agra Women. She's a founder of Siri CERES Farms. That's the California vineyards that produce grapes for, hold on, Kendall Jackson, Mondavi, Bogle, Foley, Adu, and Toasted Head Wines and others. She creates now ornate jewel cases, clocks, and handbags from eggshells. There's one. We're going to talk about those. She is the author of many business books, and we're so excited. And I will tell you that one of her evening bags made from the ostrich eggs fetches over $2,500. So if you're thinking of a new hobby, you might want to follow in Mitzi Purdue's footsteps or eggshell steps. Mitzi, say hello to everybody. Hi, guys. Happy to have you here. Very honored. Let me just go around the table, introduce everybody since you're all here, and then I'm going to ask each of you to 
add to your bio. So Mary Lou Reed is with us. Mary Lou is the author of Always Eat Dessert. I just like that title, Mary Lou. I really do. Always Eat Dessert and Six More Weight Loss and Loss and Lifestyle Habits. I learned in the convent. Mary Lou Reed went to the convent as a young woman. And Mary Lou, I read part of your book. Your writing is charming. It's interesting. I know absolutely nothing about convent life, the way you described it, the the meals and the assignments and what you had to do in the personalities. It's it's almost a tell-all, but it's a nice one. Am I right, Mary Lou Reed? It's a nice tell-all. Absolutely right for a nice experience. Um, yes. It's a very, very interesting book. And I'm bless you, Lindy. Woo, sorry. Lindy, that's okay. Lindy Lewis is with us. A lady just sneezed. She is the author of Recovering Alpha Female. Listen to this. Inspiring Grace and Self-Acceptance in the Mind and Body. Lindy coaches and leads retreats to help everybody admit this one. Type A all day women. I think I have to sign up for that list, Lindy. Move from, there we go. Move from drive and exhaustion. Oh God, I'm doing so much to a balanced life of love and grace. Lindy shares insights on uh, the alpha epidemic, which is an addiction to being distracted and how to turn your quirks into colors. We have to talk about that and shift from FOMO to JOMO. I love that FOMO is fear of missing out. And what is JOMO? Lindy, I know it, but I want you to tell us. What is JOMO? Oh, wow. Hard for an alpha to learn, I'll tell you, but joy of missing out. There is yes. so much so much joy there. Yes, Promise. absolutely. And I think that's part of learning to say no, right? Learning to say no and sit with yourself. You got to befriend yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot to learn. So I'm going to go around the table now. Mitzi Purdue, you're up first. Mitzi, why don't you take about three minutes? Your life probably fits into a 90,000 page book, but if you could just condense it, the highlights into about three minutes, we would love that. I'm putting you on full speaker view. Talk to my audience on Facebook and on Voice America Empowerment. And Mitzi, welcome. Go ahead. Well, thank you so much for being here. And gosh, what an honor and, and what fun to be with the guests that you've chosen. So uh, two minutes and 50 seconds about me. <laughs> uh, I guess things that people are often interested about me is that my late father was the co-founder and president of the Sheraton Hotel chain. So I grew up in a really neat life and I got to watch an extremely successful man backed by a wonderful mother or wife uh, who created out of no employees, he created an empire that had 20,000 employees, and I got to watch how he did it. My late husband, Frank Perdue, had almost the same story. He started with no employees at the time of his death. He employed 20,000 people in the chicken industry. And I'm a writer by trade. I loved to watch these two men do what they did and ask them, you know, real up close and personal, how did you do it? Or why are you doing that? And so that was a wonderful like thing that led me into a career of writing. I write about business. I also write about science and health. But the biggest thing that I think why I got invited here today is when I'm not being a writer or organizing anti-human trafficking events, I decorate eggshells. This is an ostrich egg. It's a handbag. Uh, you could wear it. And I think I'm probably running out of my three minutes. No, you're fine. That is absolutely, you just hold it up again, Mitzi. It's just, how do you make it sturdy enough and durable enough to hold anything, much less be held on a chain? What's, can you give us a little trade secret there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, I harden it with, you've all, you're familiar with epoxy. 
Mm-hmm. All right, when epoxy hardens, it's really hard. This doesn't use epoxy, but it uses a two-part resin, something like epoxy. And I could stand on this. You could stand on this and it wouldn't break. And I think I invented how to do it. Uh, you can't just color epoxy or it turns a funny brownish ugly. So I, I tried like 40 different combinations of resins and finally found one that didn't discolor. And here it is. And you're a scientist too. Mitzi Purdue, how absolutely fascinating. It's it's just gorgeous. I'm I'm so excited. Um, your life has taken so many different and interesting avenues. It's just, it's like you're living, I'm, I've already counted about 10 lifetimes. Uh, very, very excited to meet you and thank you very much. Love the bags. Is, is this in, any inspiration from Judith Lieber? I know Judith Lieber bags are prized in the evening bag world. Anything inspiration? She has little. No, little they animals. came about, they came about for another reason. I was in a minor car accident or it should have been minor, but I was thrown from the car moving very slowly, but it, I fell out, did this fun, funny somersault and ruptured a disc and they didn't, I couldn't walk and they didn't want to operate because, you know, back 25 years ago, it was close enough to delicate things that I could end up a, you know, yes. permanently damaged. So I was housebound for, for almost nine months and I got really bored and Frank Perdue was known as the chicken man. I decided to be the egg lady. <laughs> very well done, Mitzi. Very well. Well, I'm, I'm hoping you're fully recovered. I can see. That totally. You like totally. No, wonderful. surgery just ended the problem immediately. They just took out some stuff and now I'm great. I mean, now I'm healthy as a horse. Good. <laughs> or a, or a chicken shell. Thank you very much, Mitzi. Let's move around the table. Mary Lou Reed, author of Always Eat Dessert. You just had me at that. Mary Lou, I don't think I needed to hear anything else when I met you at the summit. It's like, yes, come on my show. Mary Lou, I'm going to put you on speaker view. Would you please give us a little of your background, your convent life, and what the book is about? Mary Lou Reed, welcome. Hi, Red, and everyone. I'm so happy to be here. And I have to say first that one the first principle in my book is you're thin until you're thin, visualization. And I'm just sitting here visualizing myself in a slim outfit with one of those gorgeous bags that <laughs> Missy just showed. I mean, thin is thin with one of Mitzi's elegant bags. <laughs> and then of course, part of part of eating slim is lots of chicken and lots of eggs. So yep, hey, I'm on with I'm on with the right person here. But anyway, I grew up in a small town in the Midwest and I was overweight from day one. I was one of these quiet little girls that, you know, ordered diet chocolates from the catalog, went down to pick them up. And because it's such a small town, the person at the uh, giving me the chocolates at the desk knew my family. And I thought I would fall through the floor dying of oh. embarrassment, being so self-conscious about wanting to lose weight and being overweight. And I think the idealism in me, and I have to say, maybe the extra weight led me to enter the convent. Um, it was a wonderful experience in many ways, but the one thing that I came out with was 50 pounds less than I went in with. And because of the way we learned to eat at the convent and the habits that I learned there, I was able to keep that weight off for 50 years. Now, 
to, it, it, we're all suffering from COVID a little bit. And I know a lot of us have put on a little weight. Yeah. And I have to admit that I've added maybe five pounds here. But the important thing is, is it's really a lifestyle. And five pounds isn't that much. But if you've put five pounds on every year, it can be a lot. But patience to take off that five pounds, just move a little bit more, have your dessert, be sure that you have something you really love. Because if you have something you really love to look forward to eating, maybe you won't eat seconds on that spaghetti and meatballs quite so much. Um, but anyway, back to back to growing up. So I graduated from high school and I entered the convent. And it was definitely in the time when it was behind the convent wall and nobody knew what went on back there. And once you disappeared behind the convent wall, I didn't go home again to visit my family for two and a half years. So, uh, but it was a very um, inspiring experience. But at the same time, most of us were really young girls and we had a lot of fun. The old tricks of short sheeting people's beds and hope you didn't get caught. (laughs) Snatching a snap statue from sitting around the mother house there, one that wasn't too big, and maybe tucking it in someone's bed. <laughs> when they went to go to bed, they would find the Blessed Virgin in bed with them. So we had lots of fun like that. But um, when I came out, I was a music major, so I headed to New York to try my hand on Broadway. I stayed there for 10 years and uh, did a few things, worked here and there. And after that, decided I really needed to get serious and make a living. So I went back to school and became a certified financial planner. And I think that the creativity comes from thinking outside of the box when you're helping someone with their finances and really reading them and finding ways that may be unusual that they can stick with. So there is creativity in all different kinds of fields. So then... That's that's where I ended Thank up. Mary Lou. Up. Interesting journey, interesting route all around the around the world of creativity and different passions and different professions. Very happy to have you here. We'll talk more. I want to get to Lindy Lewis. Lindy, why do you need to recover from being an alpha female? I want to hear your story, your journey. I'm putting you on speaker view. Officially welcome Lindy Lewis. Go ahead. Hello, Red. Thanks for having me. I am, yes, as Red said, I am the recovering alpha female. I have written books on this. Who knew it? it I, <laughs> unlike you, Mitzi, I am not a writer. It is not my my favorite thing, but it just showed up when I when I was faced with uh, learning the recovering journey. The, so women, you know, the alpha female, we don't think we need to recover. We are type A, we are fast furious. That alpha female, that is what gets the books written. It shows up for you today, Red. It makes sure that the house is dialed in. Um, but the challenge with staying in that state, that alpha drive, as I call it in the book series, mm-hmm. is um, you, you don't have any there's health it doesn't live there you're always in your fight or flight you're in your sympathetic nervous system and when you're always on that go uh your your body has no time to do a reset or a um any kind of healing the healing happens when you're soft or slower the healthier eating choices happen when you're soft or slower and so i had to learn that because i was faced with a divorce um 
And on the heels of that, uh, the stress was um, horrific in the body. And uh, I MS, I got multiple sclerosis, autoimmune, of course, autoimmune, alpha, hand in hand. There's, I have a whole theory. I've done a lot of research, but when you're in a, even you're constantly an alpha, you just, you never reset the system. So I have spent the last probably 10 years uh, healing the disease in the body and really learning how to live in the alchemy of the alpha. And that's that place of grace. Mm-hmm. That's it saying, Hey, you know, amp and ramp, get that stuff done. But then let's, let's back off. I gotta, I gotta do a restorative yoga class. I gotta go sit in the garden. I need to uh, plug into a pet right now. So this is, this is what the book series is about. They're all these silly little hard one ahas, like it's okay to do nothing. Yep. Okay. As an alpha, that is just, <laughs> I remember kind of going like, yeah, whatever you, what are you thinking? You know, but that was one that, and now I, literally I promote it, you know, it's one of my bookmarks for the book series. Um, Yeah. So it's just been these beautiful ahas, you know, uh, if it's a fight to fit, it's the wrong fit, you know, then those aren't your people. When you start losing your friends and they don't, they just don't feel good anymore. Then you got to just say, thank you. Thank you for the lesson. Thank you for the time moving on, you know, and I, I just, it's a language you get to use in your head to really establish um, self love acceptance. And you talk about turning your quirks into colors, loving your quirks, man. Once you start to own them, they just become your colors. So that's, uh, that's the gist of the series. That's the journey I've been on for, you know, good 10, 15 years. I've been a single parent for all of them are now into the world. In fact, I almost read a little too independent. I'm a bit sad about that. They're like, oh, <laughs> come back. But they're, they're off in the, off in the world. And, um, but I had, I'll tell you, it, it's a huge difference raising them when I was an alpha drive and there was a right way to parent to the third one where I just let them unfold. And it is, it has really been an incredible process to watch watch that. So that's me in a nutshell. Thank you. Or in an ostrich egg shell. It maybe will maybe Mitzi in, it, in will, an ostrich egg shell. I love yes, it. <laughs> yes. Maybe Mitzi will make make it, it never mind images. Linda, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Very interesting. I'm gonna say something that might be a little controversial, provocative, and ladies, you can disagree with me, but in a in an interesting way to me, COVID, the pandemic, let us take a pause, didn't it, Lindy? It let us 100%. stop. It let us stop running around like crazy Red, people. It, in a sense, I'm just going to jump in on that because I feel like I have been preparing for this year. I have lost 20 pounds during COVID. I don't mean to have, but it's just weird. It's like a prepare. And, and that wasn't like a, I've never been able to just kind of be okay eating some dessert and eating a little of this. And it's, it's, you know, honestly, it was tracking food. I just, I jumped on Weight Watchers. Like, but anyway, that was, but it was because honestly, I was, I was preparing. I was soft. I have been learning how to hit pause. And we yeah. as Alpha in our world is in that frenetic place. And that's right. And it's, the world forced us to hit pause. And I'm in a community where everybody belongs to a lot of clubs. It's a 55 yeah. plus. And the clubs all stopped. And, you know, I took a look at what I was doing and I said, some of this, I did not enjoy. It was not making. It was ticking the boxes. Happy. It was, you have to do it. And then I said, who, who said I have to? I don't want to anymore. And now I get to rethink 
whether I want to start up again, but it's my choice. Oh, I got to be popular. I got to do this for everybody. No, it's about me. If I start it again, it will be because I made that decision for what works for me. Mitzi, any thoughts about that? About uh, Oh, yeah, because I'm looking at, at what's, I have a sign right above my desk. And it comes from a guy who, oh, he was diagnosed with heart disease where the stress was probably going to kill him. And his, his doctor said, you slow down 30 hours a week instead of 80, or you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, how did you do it? Because he said, yeah, I navigated this. And he said, and I'm about to share with you the words that changed his life and are sort of changing mine. When deciding whether to do something, it's binary. It's either something that your response to it is hell yes, or if it's not hell yes, then it's hell no. So if it's, do I go to that club meeting and it's not hell yes, it's hell no. And that's, I I love what COVID-19 taught me about being able to say no, hell no. I, I think so. You're right. And, and I remember back in my early days of learning binary math, it was a zero or one. The light switches on, ladies, or it's off, right? Zero is a choice. Saying hell no, or I don't want to is a choice. It's a decision. It's not a, I didn't pick yes. It's I picked no. Mary Lou Reed, any thoughts about the, the slowdown that was forced upon us during the pandemic and making choices? What's your thought? I think it's finally okay to be the way we really are and really want to be because we have time to do it. But picking up on what Mitzi said about saying hell yes or hell no, I think as women, a lot of us are raised to say yes many times when we don't want to say yes. And as we grow up, we have an unlearning curve to go through to realize that it's really okay to say no, especially you wanna be a nice person, a nice lady. And that's our problem. We have to undo some of that yes, yes, yes learning that we were raised with. Yes, we have to stop raising our hands and being the nurturer, the cheerleader all the time and take care of ourselves. Someone will not think well of us. We We will not be thought well of if we say no. Absolutely. That happens. It's the disease to please. Yes. Very yeah. well put, Lindy. Very, yeah. very well put. Yes. It, it's one of the ahas that I had to learn. I'm like, what is this pleasing nature that I am yes. spinning out and of control? And it, yes. it really, it it's not healthy. I mean, that's why I have, you know, I got the autoimmune. I'm sure of it. Yep. Well, and the, you know, ahead, the other thing, the other thing is, is we want to be perfect. We say yes, and we want to be perfect. And I have a sign over my desk that says, the perfect is the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. And it's an old saying, yep. but I have to remind myself of that. I can't always say yes, and I can't always be perfect. And Lindy, you have a saying about that in your book, don't you, Lindy, about being perfect? I call it progress, not perfection. There you go. Progress, hard hard thing to learn because I will say, you know, we as alphas, we've got that bar of perfection. And the minute we hit that perfection, <clears throat> we just raise the bar. Like we will <laughs> never hit it. I mean, we just, that's just, we, well, that was great, but I'm like on to the next thing. So progress, not perfection and celebrate, celebrate the little milestones, the two pounds here or one pound there and or the, whatever it is. I mean, celebrate those moments. We don't do that as alphas. There you go. Nope. Moving on. But we should. Ladies, I'm going to go to, speaking of celebrate, Lindy Lewis, thank you for the wonderful segue you just gave me, dear. I know you didn't plan it, but we're going to celebrate a couple of well-known people who are having birthdays today. 
I try to only pick people who are still alive. I think I was successful this time. <laughs> By the way, if you're ever looking for famous dates in history, people born, people died on a certain date, just go to Wikipedia and put in the calendar date, like May 17th. It will tell you the sign. The sign. We're still in Taurus. It will tell you everybody who's anybody who was born or died on that date. It will tell you world history. And so uh, let me let me read a couple of birthdays, but let me see if I have my my housekeeping here at the top. We already said hello to LLL. Let me see what day it is here. It is May 17th, the 137th day of the Gregorian calendar. And I always do a shout out to Greg, Gregory or Greggy, whatever his mother called him, because we like his calendar. So thank you. There are 228 days left in 2021. That means, ladies, if you're planning on something special to celebrate a year when we saw recovery, we had a better year, uh, the liquor store shelves are going to be empty, I'm predicting, by September for for December 31st. So either you start now brewing something, bootleg liquor in the bathtub or in your garage sink, you might want to make a good, a re really good brew of homemade Kahlua or go to a store and reserve something in terms of champagne or something bubbly or not that you like early because I'm predicting it's going to be a hell of a blowout on New Year's Eve 2022. There we go. And this is the 20th Monday in 2021. And as I said, it is still the astrological sign in the modern zodiac of Taurus, the Venus ruled sign. The symbol is the bull. There we go. Now let me scroll down through my 25,000 pages of notes here and let's go to the birthdays. Actor, comedian Bob Saget is 54. Remember him from Full House? Yes. Yeah, and, I do. Absolutely. And I know he had a one man stage show on or off Broadway and he was filthy. <laughs> really blue comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a surprise. Craig Ferguson. Talk about not being quite filthy. Uh, actor, comedian, TV host, Craig Ferguson. He was one of the few late night shows I actually used to tape, even though he's on very, very, I think it was a late, late one because he was so damn funny and he never seemed to be reading cue cards. And he oh. didn't more of a, 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 a train of thought, a free association, although I'm sure it was planned. And he had his, uh, he had a, a box look like a robot he used to talk to. I forget what, what it was. But anyway, he would speak to the audience. He'd come right up close and almost tap the camera. Very, very personable, very funny. Derek Huff, anybody know who Derek Huff is? Dancing I with don't. the Stars. Dancing with the Stars. Derek and Julianne. Oh, oh, right? oh, yes. Julianne. Derek Huff yes. is in some new talent show now. He's only 35. His sister, Julianne, she's doing commercials for uh, Rooms to Go, I think, for furniture. And she's been in movies and TV. They're quite a power brother and sister couple. They started dance last something like five years old, six years old. World famous. Hill Harper, very interesting actor, been in a lot of shows. He's 54, so he's 10 years younger than Bob Saget. Not that anybody's counting. Rochelle Eights, A-Y-T-E-S, is 44. So we're doing the four countdown. She was one of the stars in the U.S. version of the TV series Mistresses. Very lovely lady who had a... Uh, Mitzi, she might have sold your bags in her shop in the show. She had a beautiful shop with candles and soaps and beautiful one-of-a-kind items. Yes, very interesting lady. Uh, Sasha Alexander. Everybody remember Sasha Alexander? She was in, she's an actress and she was in Dawson's Creek. She was in, uh, she was Caitlin Todd in the first two seasons of NCIS. I think she was killed off. And she starred as Dr. Maura Isles on the series Rizzoli and Isles with Angie Harmon. I was a big fan of Rizzoli and Isles. Did anybody see it? Nope. Lindy? No, nope. I did not. No. Oh, what a wonderful, uh, one's a detective and the other is an Emmy, medical examiner, a, a scientist. And together they solved a lot of crimes. Very interesting. Simon Fuller, who's the producer of American Idol, 60 today, and Boxing Hall of Famer. Sugar Ray Leonard is 64. So we oh. had 
54s. We had a 54 and a 44 and a 35. There you go. Okay, ladies, it's time for the national holidays you've never heard of. And just pretend you care. I'm going to ask you how you're celebrating. So Mitzi's already, I can tell. Today is National Cherry Cobbler Day. Is anybody going to eat cherry cobbler today? Mary Lou, I'm Cherry ice cream. Cherry, I, I like that. Mary Lou, is that on somebody's uh, always have dessert? Cherry cobbler is always on anybody's always eat dessert list. <laughs> there you go. It's also walnut day. Can you put walnuts in a cherry cobbler? I guess. Mm. Yeah, but they're fun to eat in a little baggie by themselves. We all need walnuts. Very healthy. That's that's absolutely true. Today is also, Mitzi, how about you? Walnuts or cherry cobbler or both? Uh, walnuts. I, uh, I help. I'm flunking the idea of always eat dessert because I, I don't have a sweet tooth, but I love nuts and I can eat them by the bag full. There you go. So it's Walnut Day for you. It's also Pack Rat Day, which is Hoarders Day. Is anybody going to admit to that? Pack Rat? Anybody? <sighs> I see some angst there. Uh, Lindy, you uh, Pack Rat sometimes? I maybe? have some in my world. <laughs> That's oh. the angst. <laughs> I saw that. That's Woo. their quirk. It's not mine, man. There you go. Mary Lou, what about you? Collecting? It's- it's like whatever anybody gives me, I can't part with because they gave it to me. And as the years go by, that's more and more stuff because I'm getting older and older, more and more stuff. So that's yep. my problem. And Mitzi, what about you? You've been been a, a world traveler in terms of creativity and businesses over the years. Are you a collector or are you a cleaner outer? Uh, I'm, I'm getting, what's her name? Marie Kondo? Marie Kondo. Oh, Kondo. Yeah. I, uh, I'm kind of loving if, how about almost every day I pack up a box of stuff and bring it to uh, the St. Francis uh, secondhand gift shop. Very so, nice. So, uh, so I'm giving away stuff. However, however, I have a girlfriend. Uh, she writes for Psychology Today. It's not me. I, I write for Psychology Today also. Uh, but her most recent column was on hoarding. And she mm-hmm. said, and this is a psychologist speaking, that hoarding is almost the most difficult character trait to change that you know you you as a friend can't change the person no uh and the psychologists and psychiatrists can't either that it's just remarkably ingrained and, and hard to hard to fight Yes. And, and I will, I confess that I'm now hoarding my own artwork. I've painted over 125 paintings in the past year and they're covering walls and walls and walls in my house, in my garage. I'm about to put one out on my rose trellis in my front walk. If the HOA doesn't say, no, you can't do that. I'm sure it's listed somewhere that you can't put artwork outside, but you know, Mary Lou. However, um, what's interesting is I was doing watercolors in the beginning and collages and my collages had bits of packaging. So I don't know if you know, but if you, Mary Lou, uh, the inside of a chocolate chip cookie box, a good commercial chocolate is lined with a a tinfoil type of material that doesn't wrinkle or crinkle. It's smooth. And if you wash it off and dry it off and take any, any oil from the cookies, it's wonderful for cutting up and putting into little shapes and pasting on a canvas and painting around it as a collage with a multi multimedia collage. So I was making excuses not to buy a bunch of chocolate chips, although they're always on sale, but to, <laughs> to keep pieces of the packaging. So I would cut out any kind of package I have, the, the uh, thing from the Lesser Peas, you know, the silver wrapping that goes around, the, those pretty pictures of the peas. I've used those on some of my collages to make a collage about veggies. So I found that I was collecting little bits and pieces of packaging on the way to throwing them in the garbage. I would say, maybe I want to keep that for a future piece of art. 
you know, what we learned, we learned in the convent, little pieces of things like that to make wrapping paper out of. We just put oh. it all together and just a coat of many colors, as Dolly Parton sang. Yes. And that was our wrapping paper. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you for that. Yes. So anyway, that's my, my, uh, that's what I say. So tomorrow, Tuesday, May 18th is National Cheese Souffle Day. Anybody for cheese souffle? I'd rather have a quiche than a souffle. Maybe they're similar, but anybody, Mitzi's with me on the quiche. Mary Lou, quiche in your life? I'm a quiche in my life. I have a quiche in my life, but not a cheese souffle. They're too hard to make. Yeah. Yes. The timing has to be too exact. Yeah, your, your right. guests are gone by the time, or it's fallen by the time they're ready for fallen. it. Fallen, yeah, they're too hard to make. Lindy, perfection. Yeah, I, I love to play if somebody else makes it. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there you go. It's also, this is a little bit odd. It's National No Dirty Dishes Day. So if you've just made your cheese souffle, you better do the dishes really, really fast. I don't know. But on top of that, it's Visit Your Relatives Day. Now, this was probably created before COVID. So I don't know if it's safe for everybody to visit their relatives. But on a Tuesday, I'm not sure that's going to work anyway. So we'll leave that alone. Wednesday is a very special day. It's National Devil's Food Cake Day. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. I think everybody's good at that. And some say the devil's food cake gets its name in distinct contrast from angel's food cake, which is lighter. We all know angel food cake. It's just kind of spongy. Devil's food cake is often used as a catch-all name for a super chocolatey cake that does not have nuts. So you better eat all the walnuts on Monday today so there are none left for the devil's food cake Yes. It's also May Ray Day. Celebrate all the rays of sunshine in our lives. Lindy, that's for you. May Ray Day on Wednesday. What do you think? I love it. Oh my gosh. I love it. I am, I am solar powered. There. Oh, very nice. Really? Oh, yes. Seriously. How, when oh, did you do that? <laughs> no, I just personally, I need the sun to like <laughs> to thrive, especially as you do less. That sun just warming your face. It like, it just lights up your spirit. Yep. I agree. Thursday is National Be a Millionaire Day, if only. It's also Pick Strawberries Day. And I I buy the little, uh, I think it's Ghirardelli, the dark discs. You melt them in the microwave in a little bowl, and then you dip your strawberries in just a little bit and chill them on wax paper. And I'm making my own dipped strawberries. I'm not paying anybody five bucks a piece for a dipped strawberry, but they're very good. And you don't put a lot of chocolate on. Mary Lou, just a little bit, just coat the, the tip in the side. And then there must be some paraffin in it because they chill and they get, they harden right away. But just got two packages of strawberries somebody dropped off for me. Um, so pick strawberries, say quiche Lorraine day. There it is. Quiche Lorraine day is Thursday, but souffle day is Tuesday. Go for it. It's rescue dog day. Does anybody own a rescue dog? Have a rescue I dog. I do. You do. Tell me I about do. your rescue dog. Little Coco. Um, she's maybe five. She came to us pregnant, had nine little puppies. Um, she weirdly, she found me. She just showed up and she was grumpy little thing. She showed up at my parents and everybody's like, oh, she is awful. Come to find out my kids befriended her and that dog. I've had her nine years and found great homes for all the puppies. And she is wonderful. She has made me a dog lover. I was always oh. a cat person, but man, this little puppy or this little girl, she is, she's taught me about loyalty. They're amazing. That is lovely. And I will tell you that Friday has a couple special days, a whole bunch. It's National Memo Day. I don't know if that qualifies as text, chat, or email, but it's Memo Day. Take a memo. Remember they used to say to the secretary, take a memo, Miss Miss 
Sparky, take a minute. No, that was a dog. Take a memo, Miss Jones. I'm sure that was in a bunch of movies. It's pizza party day on Friday. Pizza party day. It's strawberries and cream day. There's a strawberry theme this week. Uh, and it's talk like Yoda day, if you know how that goes. And it's also wait staff day. I think that means tip well if you go to a restaurant. Yes? Okay. And then Saturday is National Biomusical Instrument Day and Solitaire Day. So presumably, if you buy a musical instrument, you're going to want to perform for other people or share the music. And Solitaire Day is something you do solitary. Do you have any musical instruments in your life, Mitzi Purdue? Uh, a guitar and, a, and two harps. Oh, do you play the harp? I do. Uh, I don't, by, by the way, I didn't say I played it well, but I've taken lessons for many years. You, you get credit for that. Mary Lou plays uh, the 12-string guitar. She oh. plays the ukulele. She plays the piano. Mary Lou, what else did I miss in your book? How many instruments? Uh, well, I do a little bit of clarinet, but I have to tell you, on Musical Instrument Day, it could become solitary day for other people who run away. But the, <laughs> the biggest one is the accordion. I used to wow. get out the accordion and everybody in my house would go out to the grocery store. <laughs> Funny they needed to go right when I was playing my accordion. I don't know if it's the accordion or my bad playing, but whatever. It was no, it, it was always Devil's Food Cake Day. They went for the ingredients. I need yeah. my chocolate. That was it. Any musical <laughs> instruments, Lindy Lewis? Um, I, singing bowls and a drama. I, I do drum and singing bowls in my yoga. I'm a drummer too. What kind of a yeah. drum set? What kind of a drum kit do you have? It, it's not even a kit. It's just literally just, um, it's just like the, oh, can't even, the name's a drum I, pad or what do you have? No, it's literally just a drum that it, oh. I hold between my legs and oh, I just like, oh, African, oh. it's an African drum. Like a yeah, drum circle something drum. for the rhythm and the vibration like to kind of resonate with the cells. I see castanets. Castanets. Yeah. I, I've been trying to learn, uh, from YouTube that, uh, don't, I recommend that you don't ask me, very but, but, nice. But that sort of counts as an instrument. That uh, very much anything. Oh, I love the noise. Do you have a flamenco outfit that you wear too, Mitzi? I send away for it. Send away from okay. Spain. Okay, clatter, 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 clatter. Well, I'm a drummer and I have a set of red sparkly Ludwig drums and I just recently traded in my Zildjian cymbals for a set of Sabian XSRs that are really, really pretty. And I have my own band called Red's Hot Mango. We play wow. Latin music over, we play over um, Latin tracks. I have a singer who's a retired physician, an MD, and he sings in Spanish, it's his native language. And we do, it's not the usual Oyo Como Va and La Bamba. We play songs that you probably have never heard of, but they're a little bit of Latin rock and some ballads. We play about 14 songs and I have a bass player and I'm on the drums and we have somebody who runs all the audio for us. And we perform in my garage since COVID. We have garage concerts and street concerts. And um, yeah, my neighbors next door just invite us to come over. They have a beautiful patio. They took the back porch and they converted it with a big, I don't know what to call it. It's an open uh, thing, almost like, a, Mindy, it's almost like you would have a grapevines over the top. Uh, I'm trying to think of some, there's a Jewish holiday where you put the fruit and the vegetables over the top. Sukkot. It's almost like the cover. It's uh, it's slats that go this way and this way, and it's all decorated with vines and beautiful plants. And we live on a pond here with a beautiful fountain that lights uh -huh. up the night. And they've invited my band to play on their back patio for everybody around the pond and the neighborhood. So we're going to play oh, that that for fun. June. So I love my drums and I do all kinds. I, I thought of my drum. It's a djembe. Have you heard of the djembe? Yeah. No, uh, no, there's another word. Uh, there's another word for the drum, the, the box drum. There's a word for, uh, I want to say ca cajon. 
yeah, Cajon, I think it's, I don't know much. I've just been doing the same thing. I've been just learning on YouTube and I got one and I love the, I mean, I love to just the rhythm. It's just fun, rhythm but it's is, just all with your hands. Rhythm is fun. And yes, I think I know what you're talking about. Sunday is national lucky penny day. So go find one, but remember if it's not heads up, leave it for somebody else. That's my word. of. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I never pick them up if they're, if they're tails up. I'm sorry. It's taffy day and world turtle day. I don't know why it's world turtle day, but taffy, anybody still eat taffy? Yes. I, you do. Does yes. It, does it bother your teeth? Well, if it does, I eat through it because I like it so much. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and I will I'll tell you, Taffy. we have a couple of serious days on Monday. Next Monday, I'm on the air at 7 p.m. Eastern, so I have to announce the holidays. It's National Asparagus Day. Anybody fan of asparagus? Oh, yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Have you ever done them in the toaster oven with a little bit of breadcrumbs on them and a little bit of seasoned salt and you put a drizzle of olive oil, put it on tinfoil and cook them on the, in the toaster oh, oven for just a few minutes and they get a little crisp. Have you ever tried that, Mitzi? Uh, I, I haven't tried that, but it sounds delicious. But I have an asparagus thought for everybody. Yes. Uh, you know that I, I have a background in agriculture. Yes. And I do. once did a story on a guy who's an asparagus researcher. And he said that there's a lot of evidence that if a child, if a baby has diaper rash, that giving just a little bit of mashed up asparagus, there's something in asparagus, the same thing that makes it smell awful, yes. uh, is will kill the stuff that's causing the, the diaper rash. Isn't that so if, interesting? Yeah. So if anybody's listening to us who has that problem, <laughs> um, I, I can't swear that it works, but I can swear that there's a researcher who said, try it. Okay. Well, thank you for the medical tip, Missy Purdue. It's also Brother's Day on Monday and it's scavenger hunt day. And on that note, I'm going to stop with the silly holidays, but thank you for playing along, ladies. We have about 13 minutes left and I want to go around the table and talk about creativity, which is the theme for my show. Cool conversations with creatives. So let's start with you, Missy Purdue. I, to me, I think everybody who meets you, you live a life of creativity, but what does it mean to you? Were you born with it? Did you find it along the way? Do you wake up one day and say, I'm a creative person. I'm going to do this. And I'm not talking about you switch cereal from Wheaties on one morning to Raisin Bran the next. That's not a creative person to me. That's just somebody who switches cereal. So Mitzi, what's your thought about creativity? How, how do we, how do we share that gene, that DNA, if that's what you think it is with other people to get out of that rut, get out of that box. And, and Lindy knows I'm talking about the, I have to do everything and I have to do it the way everybody wants me. To, I have to be perfect. So Mitzi, what's your thought about creativity? Mitzi first, and then we'll do Mary Lou and then Lindy. Mitzi. Okay. And give me some kind of time signal so that I don't take more sure. I'll, of I'll do time this. that I should. I'll do, I'll do this when we're done. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Um, for me, creativity of an artistic sort began at age 48. I thought I was the most least artistic person I knew, but when I had a car accident that I mentioned earlier and was housebound for nine months, uh, I discovered that I could take courses in art, like for example, Bob Ross, and uh, he's the guy who, I don't know if, if any of you remember him, but he's the guy who would start a half hour program on PBS with a blank uh, yeah. canvas, and half an hour later, he had something wonderful. Yep. Well, I'm somebody who, you know, in high school, when, when my friends were, you know, making beautiful, beautiful drawings, and I was making like stick figures. I was totally convinced that, that I have an artistic cell in my body. But with the courses, I'm going to end up like this is one. Can, can you see it? Uh, yes. You know, the shepherd. Beautiful. And, Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and I discovered that 
you could, or at least that I could follow Bob Ross or some of the other things. And people even describe me as an artist now. You are. Wow. That's Beautiful. But this is taken from my memory of the Broadway play, Beauty and the Beast. And you'll notice that it's electrified. Uh, I'm showing you know, that she has footlights. And anyway, it's just been a lot of fun. It, I, For me, the, the best part of becoming an artist, which kind of I, you know, still doesn't roll off the tongue, it's hard to believe that me is an artist. Uh, but if I can do it, anybody can. It just takes, how about lots of, of lessons that, that, you, that you take? And I'll tell you quickly, this is a plug for somebody that never expects me to give a plug for it, but there's the American Artist School and it's a, it's a correspondence thing. And they want you to spend like 12 hours for every lesson. And you have to prove to them that you practiced for 12 hours because you have to hand in, say if they want you to draw a horse, you have to show all your practices before you have the perfect horse. And you know, at the end of it, even somebody with zero aptitude uh, can become an artist. F fascinating. Give us the name of that place again, Mitzi. What do you call it? The American... I think it's the, I think it's American artists. Let me put you on speaker view again. Now, what is this depicting? She's beautiful. A little girl in a garden. Hold it up. What are we looking at? Little girl in a garden. Okay. It's beautiful. And, and where are you? How do you pick all of the, what are the flowers and the greenery in there? What are those made of? Are they all plastic? Well, no, they're very often made by me. Um, and if I'm lucky, I don't sure if I can do this or not. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I just have, I'm going to show you something that I made for my son, but I enjoyed it so much that I made one for me too. And what we're about to look at is, do you remember the Death Star? Yep. Oh my. That's an ostrich egg. Oh my. Beautiful. Wow. Wow, Mitzi. Beautiful. I'm trying to take a picture as it comes up here on, on the Facebook screen. Yes, I'm looking over at the side. Thank you. Just beautiful. does it show that it's it's lit inside? A little bit. Yeah. Yes, it does. It does. But I recommend to anybody that even if you think you've got no skill whatsoever, it can happen. There you go. And and I think the term artist is um, loosely defined these days. I know there are people who think if you can stand up and tell hideous jokes on a stage in a bar in in Manhattan, you're a, you're an art you're an artist. Uh, I have I have a distinct issue with that. But anyway, I think artist is a, a sense of creating something that you value or that piques your sense of creativity. Maybe I'm on the wrong track there. But Missy, thank you for sharing your beautiful eggs, and and you certainly are passionate and very talented, very, thank you. very talented. Thank you. So thank you, a, a real treat to see those. Mary Lou Reed, creativity. Did you go into the convent and say, I'm gonna be creative, I'm gonna play music very bad. I'm gonna decorate little ribbon sandwiches. I read that part of your book. Wh what does creativity mean to you, Mary Lou? Take a few minutes, go ahead. I think uh, creativity means being able to think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. uh, it means never taking no, because if one way doesn't work, if one path leads to no, there's another path out there that leads to yes. And it's just a matter of finding the creative way to get to yes. And I think some of that comes, can even go back to childhood. I know I grew up in a small town that had the lowest income per capita in the state that I grew up in. 
And it leads you to go walking through the ravine and finding acorns and making little candelabras out of them to stick on a pine cone tree that you make. And you carry that into adulthood. And this creativity is a kind of, can be, a kind of survival instinct. You know, if one way doesn't work, it's my creativity that finds another way to make it work. And it's my creativity that allows me to make something out of nothing. If I don't have what I really need, what can I do to make like the wrapping paper we learned how to make in the convent out of brown paper, newspapers, gift wrap that came on a package that our parents sent to us at the convent. And so I've carried that kind of idea of creativity and the idea that never say no. I mean, why can't a financial planner write a book that's called Always Eat Dessert, right? (laughs) So that's my direction. That's lovely. And by the way, I learned years ago how to take wrapping paper and cut it into strips, a whole like a piece this big and cut it into long strips and use the flat edge of a scissors and to curl it like Correct. curling ribbon and it matches the paper. And so you have all wow. of the curly cues. Exactly. Be very careful with it though. Use a use the dull edge of the scissors and run it along the wrapping paper and you can form it into little shapes and it's beautiful. Lindy Lewis, I can give you about three minutes to talk to us. What's your definition of creativity? How do you, is it, is, are we born with it? Do we learn it? Do we keep it? I think we're all born with it. I think we have it. I think we start culturally conditioning it out of us. Well, especially as an alpha, there's a right way that it should look. You compare yourself to your neighbor. It's a natural human kid instinct. Um, it's so funny. I was just looking in my book. I was like, what did I write about that? And I, I like just went to this spot. And it's like, um, I, I said, you know, these little pieces of art and soul that I was doing, because I used to paint love and peace on um, rocks and driftwood, and I'd give them to my neighbors, you know, and I'm like 10, 12 years old. But these little pieces of art and soul didn't fit into the productive standard of our culture. In fact, the very concept of trying to spread peace and love was counterproductive to society. So I think it's conditioned out of us. Um, my, my books, um, weirdly are my art. I mean, they're all colored up and they're super happy. And, and then I've decided, you know, my art is, tr- it's my language. It's the words. It's these, this, ca- so art for me is, is words. Um, so I think it can look very different for everybody. And I think once I started to get out of alpha drive and constantly think there was a right way. And again, it's so counterintuitive to the alpha, but when you slow down and soften, that's where the creative creativity comes forward. And that's where you can create your magic. Thank you. And I think create you, you that word, Lindy, magic, creativity. Mitzi, do you look at what you're doing with these ostrich shells and say, this is magic? Do you feel that way? Mitzi? Oh, I'm, I'm trying to put it into words. Um, I guess I need, <laughs> well, it, the first part answer would be yes, but second, I love having something, there was nothing there before, and then suddenly it all comes together and there's something. Yes. I love that. Yes. And Mary Lou, what's your thought about that? When you you create your book, is it mad? And Lindy, it's not weird that you think your books are your creative art. They're, that's a beautiful thing. Your book, it's a different perspective. The colors, no, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's a very valid whole perspective that compares to everybody else's definition. It's not different at all. It's your right. perspective. I love it. Mary Lou, what do you think? Uh, and how do you, you think of yourself as an artist or, or go talk to me? Well, I, started out as a music major. I'm totally an artist in my soul, but writing a book is expressing just as you go. I have 15 coaching clients on writing books 
and they're trying hard to make it somebody else's way. What makes it magic and what makes it creative is it's very simple. It's just you saying what you have to say. Because oh. only you can say what you're saying in that special way. It's not anybody else. And people want to read that because it's you and special. Because it's you. And uh, somebody just said taking nothing. Was that you, Mitzi? You said taking nothing yeah. and making something. Somebody just said that. Yeah. It reminds me that I, I considered an early woman in tech. And I was recently the kickoff speaker on March 8th, International Women's Day for a group called Women in Big Data. And Whoa. they invited me because I was a programmer analyst back in the 1970s. Wow. <laughs> and back in the days when we key punched, we didn't have, have data entry on a terminal. And I was coding for big systems in the state of Oregon. But I wanted to tell you that to me, I never thought of this. When I approached a program, I used to get orders from a man named Alan who lived in Salem, Massachusetts, and he'd call me up and he'd say, okay, take out your ruler, draw a bar across here and draw a line down the side and give me five columns. And these are the headers. And these are the data points I need in this report for the, the statewide system. And that was it. And I still have some notes of when I took, these were my specs for my programs. And I would sit down with just my knowledge of COBOL or PL1, and I would create the program that would produce the reports that the system and that was taking nothing and turn it into something my Absolutely. way. So I consider, oh, you got to be got great in math to be a coder. No, you needed to have a logical mind to be able to see the big picture, to be able to hone in on the details and to have a creative way to make it happen. And nobody's program was ever exactly like mine. And that was the fun part. And I used to do, you remember the Toyota commercial? Toyota and they jump up, Eureka. I used to jump up every time a program worked and I would just, I would just say, yay, I did it. It yeah. was, I did it my way, not to coin Frank Sinatra's phrase, but anyway, ladies, we have one minute left. Josh, three minutes uh. to close. That was two minutes left. I have some, some words of wisdom I'd like to share with you. And I went back through my notes from my shows in 2014, which was seven years ago. And I found these, uh, it, it's always good to keep your old notes, whether the program still works or not. <laughs> Word, text, quark, page maker, whatever it is. So let me share the, these with you. And I want to say thank you, Mitzi Purdue. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Learn so much from you. I appreciate everything you do. Mary Lou Reed, I'm so happy you're here. Loved your book. I appreciate all your words. And thank you for the inside view, the very kind and interesting view of the convent. And Lindy Lewis, thank you so much for sharing your recovery with us as an alpha female perfection. Nah, let's get rid of that. Let's just be really good at who we are and let's be ourselves. So now ladies, my words of wisdom and thank you to Josh, our engineer. Everybody say, thank you, Josh. 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 I'm going to do this real fast. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's the best kind. Love, <laughs> truth. laugh uncontrollably <laughs> and never regret anything that made you smile. And one more work like you don't need the money. Even if you do just pretend dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching dancing, everybody was watching sing like nobody's listening i try not to sing but i do play drums very well and love like you've never been hurt because we've all been hurt and who gives a crap after a while because just get over it and move on money talks chocolate sings and last but not least and i stole this line from a radio host years ago thank you for turning me on ladies wave <laughs> goodbye <laughs> bye facebook bye voice america thank you don't go away ladies we're gonna do pictures thank you Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
We wish you a positively cool creative week.